Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to The Hiker Podcast. What is up there, hikers? It's Andy here, and I am so excited that you have decided to come and listen to the Hiker Podcast, the podcast that gets to know the hiker behind the trekking poles, the, the podcast that asks the why questions of hiking, that wants to know how hiking has changed you and how are you, the hiker, changing the world around you. That's right. You're listening to the Hiker Podcast. Guys, I am so just excited for this week's interview, like totally stoked, cannot even describe it. This week we have the Jenny Brusso from Unlikely Hikers on the show, talking about her journey, talking about Unlikely Hikers. It was just, I, I was so stoked. She has been such an encouragement to me and so much of the hiking community, and she's done some amazing things with brands about inclusivity and 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 getting the right sizes for people. It, it, I, I just I'm, I'm fumbling over my words. I'm just so excited to have her on the show, and it was a great, great conversation. Uh, before we continue with that, though, I do want to thank our sponsors, CS Instant Coffee, the makers of what I believe to be the best instant coffee on the trail. If you don't believe me, go to Hike Oregon's YouTube page. She did a blind taste test, and guess who came out on top? You're going to have to watch to find out. Amazing, amazing amazing coffee they are sponsoring this show and they're offering hiker podcast listeners 10 percent off their coffee just go to the link in the description of this episode and put in hiker podcast when you check out in the promo code there and you'll get 10 percent off your order totally worth it better than anything else on the trail i'm a coffee snob i'll tell you now it's that good just just, just get it also we cannot forget from the great states of Oregon from Portland, Oregon. We have Canuck Outdoors, makers of the amazing carbon fiber cork trekking poles, as well as so much other stuff. I mean, they have stinking goodness. They have tent tent stakes and the Vecto water bags and the, the Visica water bottles and just so much amazing stuff. Uh, if you want a pair of those trekking poles, they're offering Hiker Podcast listeners 10% off as well. Just put in the promo code Hiker Podcast when you check out. Links for that are in the description of this episode. I'm so stoked. Also, if you want to uh, find out how to help the podcast out, um, go to hikerpodcast.com. There's all the links for all the different ways to listen. And also, um, you can become a Patreon like so many other people have. And I'll be shouting them out at the end of the episode. But I. So I, I just, I, we got to get right into this because I had an amazing conversation with Jenny Bruce. talked about so many things. I, the interview is long and we could have talked forever. So let's just get right into it. I'll talk more about everything else at the end of the show. Um, but yeah, um, including some new stickers. I want to, I want to, I want to announce. I've already announced on Instagram, but some new stickers we have, um, that you can have the opportunity to get and help the show out. So without any further ado, my conversation with founder of unlikely hikers has also featured on the new york times in the new york times jenny brusso
there is one hiker or organization that has inspired me as not only a podcaster, but as a hiker, as an outdoor person, as an advocate, it is our next guest. You may know her from Instagram or from the freaking New York Times, which I just discovered on, I didn't even know that was a thing. I went on Reddit, I put in, I put in our next guest's name. I'm like, oh my gosh, she was like in the New York Times. Jenny Russo (laughs) of Unlikely Hikers is here on the show. I am so happy to have you on, Jenny. How are you doing today? You know, I am doing okay today. I am in San Diego where I'm living half of the time and it is beautiful. I can see the ocean from the house that I grew up in and it is really special and the sun shines like you wouldn't believe. I mean, I know that it, the sun shines a lot where you live in Southern Oregon, but I live in Portland most of the time. And, you know, every time that the sun shines, it's a real blessing. So oh, yeah. I, I did my first really good. I did my first undergrad in, in Portland and it's like sunny days are a rarity <laughs> except during the summer. So yeah, yeah. I always, always appreciate it. Everyone so, turns into their best selves when the sun oh, is yes, shining that, in Portland. There, there's that <laughs> there's that scene from Portlandia where the sun comes out and everybody comes out and it's like they're all happy and all of a sudden the clouds yeah. move back in. They're all sad and depressed and walk around in flannel. And <laughs> That's real. That is so real. <laughs> that is a thing. That is a very That's much me. a thing in Portland. <laughs> um, it's funny because you mentioned Reddit a moment ago and I was like, oh God, what did you see? Because I know that... You know, some people have gone buck on Reddit about me and, you know, I mean, gone buck about a lot of people, so I'm not <laughs> special in any way. But <laughs> Reddit's a very scary place sometimes, most times. I know, it can be like wonderful and terrible, but yeah. you know, that's kind of life, so. Yeah. So, Jenny, I just want to hear your story. Just, you know, tell us a bit of your background and how you got into the outdoors and and we'll just go from there. The stuff that hikers like to know in general. <laughs> yeah, you know, I can totally get carried away with this. So please reel me in if you need to. But I grew up, you know, I used to say that I wasn't outdoorsy, that I was an indoor kid. And, you know, I think I had that kind of context because or thought because I didn't do quote unquote outdoorsy things like camping, hiking, things like that. But I was outside all of the time. I rode my bike down hills and skateboarded, and we went to the beach every weekend. And that is not an exaggeration. And I would spend, you know, I would spend six hours in the water. My mom would have to, you know, come and call me out of the water to like eat and put on sunscreen. And I felt like I was exactly where I needed to be. And there was this internal this intuitive sort of connection you know like I was a part of nature and of course you know being a kid I I didn't think of it that way but it was very much just something that just felt so like an old knowing you know what Mm -hmm. I mean like something that we as humans uh, is in our DNA and so I was outdoors a lot as a kid and, you know, we would, uh, we grew a lot of our own food and my mom was a gardener and yeah. So, 
uh, I, yeah, I spent a lot of time outside and, and some of my best memories are of, of helping her in the garden. And, uh, we would like wear our bathing suits and things like that. And it was just like so ritualistic and beautiful. And, you know, I kind of moved away from that as I got older. I, you know, uh, as the, the, as I started to kind of realize like what growing up meant and Mm -hmm. God, how do I say this? Like, you know, just like life started feeling all too real and um, not that it didn't as a kid, but it just, you know, just kind of like the joy that I felt so naturally was kind of slipping away. And I got deeper and deeper into depression and anxiety and, you know, PTSD uh, from my childhood, even though, of course, I described some some lovely parts of it. Um, but, you know, just like various traumas and things like that happened. And, um, you know, just like I kind of had to learn how to be a teenager, an adult, and navigate things that were really painful. So, mm-hmm. um it kind of turned me inwards a lot and I didn't go outside as much. And in fact, I stopped altogether. I was also, you know, uh, my body was changing into kind of a, a, like a, a, I wasn't even fat at the time. I identify as fat now, but, um, you know, it kind of, I felt so resistant to all things that like I associated with diet culture and, things like that. So I just didn't even, I didn't like exercising. I didn't like anything like that. So I resisted all of that. I was kind of like a, a really young feminist and I was just like, this is bullshit. I don't want to do this. So I didn't. Um, and, uh, I, it wasn't until my late twenties that somebody invited me on a hike and it was actually, you know, I'm going to, it was actually one of the worst things I had ever done, but it was only because (laughs) it was only because, you know, they, they just didn't understand where I was at. They didn't understand like what an easy trail really was. And so I thought hiking was this like terrible thing that you punish yourself with. And, you know, and, and I had that attitude about a lot of movements. So fast forward a few more years, you know, and at this time I'd lived in Portland for like 10 years. And I had only like visited the waterfalls and never, you know, hiked or did any kind of outdoorsy stuff, camping, et cetera. You do the gorge, Multnomah, all that fun stuff. Yeah, exactly. And that is beautiful and amazing. And that's being outside too. So, um, you know, uh, but finally somebody invited me on a hike who was really understanding of where I was at with like my own physical abilities and, um, you know, didn't want to, you know, uh, didn't feel this need to like challenge me in some kind of way, because, you know, being movement doesn't always have to be about challenging ourselves. It can Mm -hmm. be about just inhabiting our bodies. You know, uh, I think that diet culture really, really kind of squashes our intuition about ourselves and our body trust. Mm -hmm. And we get really distanced from what uh, joyful movement is. And, um, you know, even that like sense of play that I described earlier about being a kid outside, you know, it just exercise and things like that. Yeah, became kind of punishing. And I had really bad associations with it. 
but but on this hike in particular, you know, there was I had a lot of encouragement and the hike wasn't above my abilities for that time. And I just felt that kind of um that old knowing I described earlier. I felt that feeling of being uh a part of of things. And even though I didn't quite have the language at that time, you know, this is what I know I was feeling at that time was just that connection and that feeling of being a part of it, like being a part of nature, being reminded that I am nature, that I am of nature. And that, um, yeah, my existence is not an accident. You know, it's, it's, it's part yes. of, of all of it. So I know that that was really long winded, especially because I went through my childhood and all of that, but I just feel like it's so, so important, you know, to, to think about where we're from and also like the reframing of what it means to be outdoorsy and, uh, what our outdoor relationships look like, because I think a lot of people think that they're not outdoorsy and mm-hmm. they, they like, I think everybody in some way has a relationship with nature, even if they're not fully attuned to it or articulated. I think that, I mean, it's just a part of us, you know? Yeah. I want to go back to something you said earlier about growing up. Um, I mean, we're, we're, we're about, we're about the same age, you know, growing up, I, I would do the same thing. I'd play outside with my friends for hours until the streetlights came on. Mm-hmm. Um, I lived, you know, I lived in Ventura, California. So we were at the beach oh. for, you know, forever, like just on the beach until, you know, sun started setting and parents like come inside, you know, where the mm-hmm. tides are coming in or whatever. So I had this relationship with the outdoors, but then I got into my adolescent, you know, teen years experienced some traumas family traumas and it was just like inward i'm, I'm an indoor I'm, I'm, I'm an indoor fat kid i don't go out i don't i don't do i'm not I don't, i'm not wow. outdoorsy i don't camp i don't do those things and that's just kind of the label that was on me even though you know i didn't do the growing up i do the typical you know camping hiking thing you know i was on public lands you know on state beaches in california you know several times a week, especially during the summer, I was outside, we were playing, running around, riding our bikes in the bushes and, you know, playing sardines or hide and go seek or whatever. It was great. You know, I lived in a great neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. Why do you think that is for, for, for so many people that they, there's this definite like separation between like the outdoorsy, you know, hiking, camping, mountaineering, and just enjoying the outside and public lands and our relationship with that. It's so funny that we had such a similar experience. I think that's, I, I, I just, I, I feel grateful that you so understand that. And like, I'm happy to know that about you. Um, you know, I think that outdoors culture is always kind of, uh, and when I say outdoors culture, what I mean is, of course, the, um, the culture of like camping and backpacking and hiking and things like that. But I think outdoors culture is just so, like, there's a lot of, 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 you know, pressure to kind of make everything very one note. Like, you know, yeah. the, um, but everything has to look a certain way and be a certain way. And the, and then, and that applies to people as well. You know, there's not a lot of diversity, not just in people, but in like, outdoor stories and I mean there are of course there are but like outdoor culture itself doesn't really uphold that so you know we're not really while we intuitively when 
when so many of us are younger, you know, have these relationships with the outside, with nature, we aren't, you know, we don't really, a lot of us don't see ourselves in what we call that like outdoorsy narrative or whatever, Mm -hmm. for for whatever reason. I think, I mean, there's so many reasons why people don't. And I think like outdoor culture has kind of gotten away with being able to be so, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, what is the opposite of, of not multidimensional, like one dimensional, gosh. Yeah. Okay. So I think it's really gotten away with being very one dimensional and, I think right now we're witnessing kind of an implosion of that and an explosion of that uh, from moment to moment. But um, yeah, I think that a lot of us don't see ourselves in those narratives and we're not really taught or some people, I mean, I know many people are, but I think a lot of us are not taught like a reverence for the natural world and you know, dominant culture is moving us further and further away from the natural world all of the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's funny because right before I had, right before we got, got on with you here, I had a conversation with someone. Um, this person is not, is not from Oregon, but I, was, I had a phone meeting with them and this person was telling me they're, they're a person of color. They don't, don't necessarily identify as fat, but they don't identify as like your typical strong hiker. And this person was telling me like, I was, you know, I went to this hiking group and it was all very homogenous, you know, straight bodied individuals. And I felt so out of place. And I'm just trying to find people in this area who, who understand that and, and identify as, you know, you know, people of color, you know, queer, LGBTQ plus, mm-hmm. um, plus size. Why is that so hard? And how did that, that struggle lead you to create unlikely hikers? I started Unlikely Hikers, it's kind of a funny story because, <laughs> I, I mean, the truth is, is that I really just wanted to change my social media feed. Mm. I, you know, and I'll, I'll get into the nitty, nitty gritty of that and just the evolution of things. But at the time that I got into hiking, it started in my, my early 30s. And so that's only like nine years ago. And I, I was so excited about it that, of course, I very passionately started following every outdoor group and, mm-hmm. you know, brand and, uh, like, you know, the Oregon uh, travel kind of Instagrams and things like yep. that. And I was excited about it and I was getting a lot of inspiration for my own adventures, but I was also really aware of the fact that we were always seeing, and when I say always, I mean that literally, like not like it was always, almost always young people. They were almost always, I mean, they were always white, always straight size, mm-hmm. uh, meaning not plus size and, and, and small straight size, I should say, like, you know, um, people with smaller builds and yeah. uh, just like people you would, you would categorize visually as fit. Um, mm-hmm. even though we all know that, that, or many of us know that fitness is not a body type, um, or a specific ability, but, uh, you know, and, and I was seeing this over and over and I was just kind of like, 
why are we accepting this? Why are why aren't there comments about how this is all we ever see? And I realized that that was actually my first clue about the how one dimensional outdoor culture is. There isn't this very specific viewpoint of what it means to be outdoorsy, what it looks like, um, what those adventures look like. We're always prioritizing these, you know, on, on social media. And, you know, this is obviously perpetuated by brands and, uh, you know, outdoor groups, agencies, associations, et cetera, um, that, you know, uh, an outdoor adventure has to be remote and, uh, difficult and kind of crush us like bugs and sometimes yes. being crushed like a bug is really fun it's not always and that's not always it's like everybody's cup of tea so why are we constantly accepting this like one image of what it means to be outdoorsy and I just felt fed up and I, and, and not just fed up I, I felt really deeply concerned with the fact that I wasn't seeing anybody talk about it. You know, it didn't seeing these images, even in like, you know, predominantly white Portland. I was like, this doesn't look like my life. This doesn't look like my friends or me or um, the people that I know. And I just felt like I deeply needed to see something that expanded the narrative that, uh, you know, actually showed everyday people getting outside in their everyday ways, which doesn't always mean a three-hour drive to a remote location and yep. summiting a mountain, you know? Maybe sometimes it does, and there's not anything inherently wrong with that. It's just that when we constantly see these intense adventures uh, all of the time, it, 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 it can be really easy also to internalize that your adventures are not enough, that they don't compare, that your relationship with the outdoors isn't as valid, et cetera. Anyway, I'm tangenting a little bit, but I desperately wanted to see an outdoor culture that represented what I knew to be true, what reflected not only my life, but so many of the people that I was seeing as underrepresented in this mm -hmm. narrative and so really I've made unlikely hikers first of all the name came from uh I, I used it in a blog post a lot like when it was like probably seven years ago now and I didn't even I didn't think anything of it but people were like unlikely hikers like that needs to be a thing and so this is kind of the origin story of unlikely hikers in a nutshell. Every it was like other people, you know, not to not to say that I haven't been uh, that I have no responsibility for it, but it always has been other people's, you know, other people voicing their desires and me trying to find a way to make those things happen. So mm -hmm. I created unlikely hikers. I you know, started finding people who were also, you know, like me, wanting a different outdoors narrative, wanting to expand that narrative, be a part of creating a whole new one altogether. You know, we weren't all about like wanting to fit into the status quo. We wanted to explode the status quo and create our own image and culture. So I started finding those people. My social media feeds got way better. And, you know, I started connecting with people, which, of course, 
led me to, you know, people started asking for group hikes. And that was something I had actually never even thought of. And now group hikes are like the backbone of Unlikely Hiker, which Mm. has been very difficult, you know, this year with the pandemic and whatnot. Anyway, I feel like I am going off the rails. Oh, no. (laughs) This this is great. Um, With all of that, with creation of Unlikely Hikers, how would you feel or describe the relationship of, you know, people who wouldn't necessarily be considered unlikely hikers myself being, you know, plus size fat. I, I still, I still have to recognize that as a straight cisgendered white male who grew up in a very privileged background of kind of person who, when I get pulled over by police, I know I'm just getting a ticket. I don't have to fear for my life yeah, um, or no ticket. I, or no ticket. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of times I've gotten off the warning, you <laughs> yep. know, I was going 20 over, but I said something that made him laugh. So it worked. Um, it was just unfortunate and tragic actually. Um, how, how, how has been your reaction been from the likely or atypical hiking <laughs> community? You know, it's funny. I never say likely hikers, but other people do all of the time. Um, Because I think, you know, for like personally, I I believe that everyone has a a story about you know themselves about their relationship with nature that would fit into what Unlikely Hikers is all about. Because it's not just about like physically underrepresented people, you know, like people of color, Black Indigenous people, queer, trans you know, non-binary folks and people with disabilities. It's also about our stories. And, mm-hmm. you know, I want to I wanna shine a light on, on the reasons why we get outside. And some of those reasons are, you know, uh, don't fit into that, that one-dimensional outdoors narrative either. You know, like the people who hike so that they're, you know, to help their uh, sobriety or to... Um, you know, aid their mental health, you know, we're, we're really just, you know, trying to explode all of this. So, uh, gosh, I am, I'm almost forgetting. Oh yeah. <laughs> the, the, likely the hikers. Likely hikers the response response yes. to unlikely hikers. You know, it's funny. I have watched this change and it is something that is very heartening to me. When I first started unlikely hikers, a lot of people who would fit that kind of like dominant narrative, were so uncomfortable with it and we would get comments on every single post like why are you you know calling yourself unlikely hikers don't you know that you're othering yourselves further um you know everyone every, the outside doesn't it discriminate you know nature is for everyone all of this stuff that sounds really good and mm-hmm. and in a in a way is literally true uh but it's not true for everyone because it's about the people who are on the trails and who are in the in the outdoor uh, retailers who are working at the outdoor retailers who reinforce this othering of us mm-hmm. all of the time. And to the point where I know people who will not step foot in an outdoor retailer, they will buy all of their stuff online um, because it's always kind of, um, it's funny. You can be the person who doesn't know what they need and they're, you know, condescended to and afraid to ask a lot of questions and end up walking out with something they don't really need. Yep. Or, you know, you do know everything, but you're still 
talk to like you don't, which is an experience I have a lot when I go into an outdoor retailer, even outdoor retailers I work with. And, you know, there's this, I'll be like completely ignored sometimes. A lot of times I have great, great interactions, you know, but I will say I have watched this change from the time I started on Likely Hikers um and to now and it's and then I also want to be clear too it's not just because of unlikely hikers like at the time the unlikely hikers started it, it's really um it's fascinating because so many of the most incredible diverse outdoor um social media communities started at the same time you know melanin base camp brown people camping there's many more like all of us at just about the same time started so there was just something in the water, something in the air, um, yeah. you know, a tide. We, we, we were catching the wave. And uh, I, I think that has a lot to do with kind of the, um, the way that all of this kind of, uh, yeah, bursted onto the scene. And it's it's been cool to watch watch that progression as someone who, you know, I just started this podcast as a way to learn about hiking. I was a new hiker. And there's been there's been people who have been you know mostly more more like like on the trail who've been condescending but in a way it's they're trying to be encouraging and I think we we talked about this earlier it's like oh did you did you make it all the way up how'd you do you know it's like yeah I made it all the way up and I got there faster than you did you know not that it's a competition but it's just like but I did it I did it 400 pounds too in a competitive way so you know yes. like sorry to interrupt you but there is a weird undertone of competitiveness, which is really about them, you know? Mm -hmm. It's, it's weird. And I, yeah. I, I don't understand it. But then there's been like, you know, talking to, you know, more of your, your atypical hikers. I, I was talking to one who's just like, he's this particular person's hike, you know, got FKTs and everything else. I, I was just asking about my, my first through hike I'm going to do is Tahoe Rim Trail. And I'm like, Oh, it's only 171 miles. Whoa. It's, you know, I'll, I'll be, I'll be slow. You know, it's, it's nothing, it's nothing like the great Western loop. Like you did. He's like, bro, you're out there. You're doing it. And you're, you're killing. It. it was just encouraging me. I was so surprised as someone who's hiked these mm -hmm. thousands of miles had befriended me. I'm like, wow this is i just i don't i don't think i've ever would have seen this in another another community but then sometimes i get i get messages from people and they're like i want to go get a permit to do the you know rim to rim to rim for the grand canyon and the ranger sized me up and wouldn't give me a permit and it's like <gasps> wait what like what that's that's not okay like you can't like you know this is a really hard hike you can't do this you know you need to make sure you're i'm like that's not cool that's so not cool you need to you need to talk to them and ended up, that particular situation ended up working out but i'm just like wow like mm -hmm. just the dichotomy but I, I love how unlikely hikers melanin base camp have really put this out there and people are aware and people are like wow, I do have these preconceived notions. I do, I do prejudge mm -hmm. people. I do. Uh, the term I keep hearing is I, I get sized up on the trail. I keep being sized up or you know judged or you know prejudiced against. And it's been cool to watch, but at the same time, there's the gear companies, like you said, um, there are making strides. But you you have built these relationship with these gear companies and <laughs> talk a little bit about how that's happened. Um, cause you, you have, um, obviously Merrill, the big collab, you have with Merrill, you have Gregory Pax. How did that all come about? Yeah. So, oh gosh, you like asked so many things right now and I really want to address all of them. So, um, yeah, you know, and also I'm realizing earlier, I said that 
you know, I have watched things change and I just want to add a little more nuance to that. So yeah, in the, in, in the early days, there were a lot of like comments about, you know, us othering ourselves and nature being for everyone, even though like other people who are othered all of the time know that, that yes, nature is for all of us, but it's the people on the trails that can be, can be a problem. Um, mm-hmm. But I have to say that I have watched that totally decrease over the years. We don't get a lot of those comments anymore. And I think that that is a sign of progress. You know, obviously yeah. it still happens, but it's just not as frequent. It, it's not on every post. It's like maybe on one out of 10 posts. So I do think that that is, is proof of progress and mm-hmm. um, that will just keep going forward, hopefully. And, um, you know, as far as condescending comments on the trail and things like that, you know, we, we do always have to remember that it is about, it is about other people's projections of things. But at the same time, I also want to hold space for the fact that hurtful words are hurtful. <laughs> you yep. know, like, yes. um, it is not a, a weakness of character, um, to feel harmed by what some people might consider encouragement, but is, you know, obviously, or, or to me, you know, my perspective is that it's laced with anti-fat bias, like sizing a person up or, and, and it being out of concern for their health and their safety or giving unasked for advice on a trail because you think that someone doesn't know what they're doing, things yeah. like that. You know, um, I think that people can really mean well, but the fact of the matter is that it is coming from a place of, you know, or just like giving unnecessary encouragement. I know that a lot of people say you're almost there and, you yes. know, oh, things like that. You got which is, this, you got this. Yeah. And I, I think, I do think that many times it is totally genuine, mm-hmm. but I think that there are also many times where it is clearly about a person's body size because there's a lot of times where people are you know I hike with people of all body types and um like you know and and I mean that very literally we have all kinds of of hikes for different people's needs and it is it's obvious what I the way that I see other hikers interact with members of our group you know I, I just I see it. You can't tell me it's not happening, et cetera. <laughs> but as far as, um, as far as these relationships I have with these brands, you know, uh, REI, it was only, uh, unlikely hikers had existed for a year when REI, uh, you know, got in touch with me about partnering. And I think at this time, you know, I said we were catching this wave of, of, of oncoming change in the, in the outdoor community. And of course that, that groundwork was laid by many people. I want to like shout out Latino outdoors, outdoor Afro, Teresa Baker, um, uh, Dr. Carolyn Finney. Like there's a lot of people who were, were really, um, starting this new outdoors narrative. And, um, and, and I was privileged to catch that wave. So, um, but yeah, REI contacted me within about a year and we started leading these sponsored group hikes. And I think other brands just started to notice as Unlikely Hikers was exploding. And I, I don't want to say that I didn't work very hard to make that happen. I did. I do work very hard on Unlikely Hikers. But I also think people were just, you know, saw it. And well, I know this is true. Like people 
just even hearing the words unlikely hikers, even seeing our, our posts online, you know, they're like, oh, that's me. That's where I fit in. So it really like took on a life of its own and still does. Like people just really connect with it. Um, and, you know, like I think a lot of brands, um, I don't want to say that they, I mean, actually, I know for a fact that many brands very genuinely want to be a part of that change. They want to change their own image. And yeah. also, it's mutually beneficial. They have, they can make more money, you know, actually reaching beyond their same, yes. you know, the one dimensional demographic. And I also want to be clear too, and I think that most people, know this but let me be clear when i say like one-dimensional when i say like white gender hetero etc able-bodied person i'm not saying that as a diss i'm saying it literally like it's just mm -hmm. we are that's actually who they're reaching out to um you know and i'm not i'm not being disparaging when i constantly identify that so i just want to be clear about that because there's always someone who's like why is it always thin people or why, what do you, why do you even have to say white? And I'm like, because that's just the truth. <laughs> yeah. Yep. But yeah, you know, um, Meryl reached out to me and, um, you know, they were starting their own programs for diversity in the outdoors and, and Meryl really has put in a lot of work with that. Mm -hmm. REI as well, Eddie Bauer. Um, and I also just think I've been really privileged, you know, like I, I am, I am an acceptable fat lady person, <laughs> you know, like I am, I fit into, you know, the sizes that some of these brands are making. Um, I'm white. I am attractive enough. And, um, you know, I think that I, even though I'm older, you know, I'm 39 in a lot of ways, I fit the bill of what their idea of like a, you know, plus size woman should look like, um, mm -hmm. you know, I have body type privilege as well. Um, having like an hourglass figure and, you know, there are a number of reasons why I think brands, you know, do gravitate towards me. I will also say, I don't want to like totally discredit myself. Um, but yeah, I want to hold, I want to like acknowledge the privileges I have that, makes me a easier target for these brands to want to work with. Like I'm a more comfortable image for them, but it's funny because I'm also probably one of the most like loud mouth, um, <laughs> you know, like uh, I, I don't really shy away from giving my critique all of the time. Yep. Um, even with brands I work with, you know, like I, I, I recently posted, it was actually just yesterday. I posted this TikTok about um plus size sleeping bag or not plus size sleeping bag sleeping bags that actually fit people up to a 4x and yeah. um you know all through the comments i am saying you know i am like giving critique about eddie bauer who i love working with and who i think is doing really great work um you know for the plus size community but uh, you know you will see me in my own post about these brands also say that they're not making you know, big enough sizes. They are not, they could be doing this more, you know, like um, they, all of these brands too. And not just, not just the ones I work with, this goes for all brands need to really be advertising their initiatives and yes. things like that. People yes. want to know, like when I talk about how REI or uh, Merrill or what, you know, any brand that I've worked with is supporting unlikely hikers is supporting me. 
people are always surprised. You know, they just already yes. have other unlikely hikers already ha- like have this preconceived notion that is based on reality that these brands don't care about us. Um, and that is so unfortunate. These and these brands just really need to like work harder on advertising um, their good their good efforts. You know, it's so funny, six. I was. Um, because of the work you've done, I've had the, just getting into the outdoor industry, I've had the, because of my privilege, the opportunity to talk with some brands and they, they want to work with me in the, in the plus size men stuff. And there's one or one company, very large company based out of Portland, Oregon, that has a river uh-huh. named after them. Um, that came and talked <laughs> to me and they're, they're, they're doing a lot. I recommended and you to them. I, I thought she said, I can't remember if it was Jenny or if it was, or if it was Ashley, yeah. but one of the, I talked to somebody and they said, talk, talk to Andy. It would thank you so much. Yeah, it was me. <laughs> it was and there, and I was talking, I'm like, you know, the biggest thing is you guys have all this stuff. It's amazing. And it fits me. And if, if for whatever reason I have some weird hormonal thing, and I lose a bunch of weight. I will still use your brand because I'm just loyal to you guys because of what you've done mm-hmm. for me now. But you don't tell people. So I have people asking me all the time, I need a shirt, pants, whatever that fits me. And I say, go here. They have it. It's like, really? I never would have thought. And I said, you've got to advertise. And they were like, yeah, we know. We know. We're working on it. We're working on it. Uh, you've got to let people know. Yeah. And that's just, it's funny because they, they have the stuff. They have it. But oh, they have, they not, have the means. Yeah. They have the means. They have the, all the money in the world. Yeah. Just put it out there. And it, it then they're realizing it and it's slowly, but I mean, there, there's that temptation to put, you know, a very, you know, like this particular organization, like Zach, Zach Efron, Zach Efron's a very attractive man with washboard abs. I get it. <laughs> I am never going to look like that. And I do not identify yeah. as a Zach Efron type body. <laughs> so, I know. I know it's exactly weird. what you mean. I, I actually have the same feeling. Um, you know, some of these brands will work with these, celebrities and I think that's fine you know like I also know that that is really going to appeal to the you know many many consumers and so I get it in that regard but gosh I have to say when I see somebody who it isn't you know a part of that dominant narrative featured in ads and uh, you know, like Myrna Valerio modeling um, uh, for Lululemon, who is a brand who I have totally written off, you know, in the past because they mm. actually said they would never make plus sizes. Uh, now they are. But, you know, Myrna Valerio just looking like a freaking rock star in those clothes. And I'm just like, okay, this is good work. And they're not just having her model. They have done tons of content with her, like really giving her a voice in their giant, you know, following. And uh, I am so grateful for that. And, you know, I'm not giving cookies to Lululemon, but I am saying when you actually put the resources behind these, you know, quote unquote, unlikely hikers, um, unlikely outdoors people, et cetera, which is not really a thing. Like I said earlier, we all have a, a relationship with nature in some way or another. Um, you know, uh, for me, that just explodes my, my heart and my vision and um, in all of these really wonderful ways. And it makes me feel really seen. And 
there's just a lot of us who who really really need that and want to know they want like a lot of people want to know the good work that these brands are doing Mm -hmm. and gosh there just needs to be so much more talk about it advertising things like that yeah and in the plus size community people of color and you work with indigenous persons you know disabled hikers it just i want to see you know that and Merrill's done it. Yep. You've done a great job with Merrill doing that. He's just showing those voices, you know, showing those those faces and those bodies. Um, but so much more needs to be done. And yeah, it's it's. You know, I've talked with you know people in my area with within within the Latinx community. They're like, I, I just don't feel welcome in in yeah. REI or outdoor. And it's and it's not that there's open discrimination. It's just like you know, I for instance, you know, I've had a Latinx person tell me, I go on the trail and I get asked, what are you doing here? Why are you here? I get the umpteenth question. I don't, you know, I'm I'm just wearing Nikes. I'm not wearing, you know, hiking boots. And so I get every question from, you know, whoever's there thinking I'm out here just causing trouble or just out here to, you know, you know, graffiti. And that literally, literally it's what's been told to me. And it's like, that is horrible. And it's, we've got to just continue to push the outdoors is for everybody no matter what mm-hmm. and you've been a huge inspiration to me oh, um, thank you. with that you know, with, with your podcast and you know when i started looking for a hiking podcast to kind of while well, starting this I, yours is one of the first ones that came up i'm like this is amazing i don't want to be like these podcasts that are just a bunch of bro dudes no <laughs> offense to bro dudes talking about you know ultralight yeah. and pack weight that wasn't what I wanted to do. I wanted to get to know the piker behind the trekking pole. And that's been my thing. And it's Heck opened yeah. up all these doors and just opportunities. But with that, I want to shift gears a little bit because a huge thing for me within hiking has been the mental health benefits. I, I came mm. from, I have a very traumatic background. I then, you know, I was a very conservative, evangelical, closed-minded pastor for 15 years. And I left that and I had this huge hole, you know, of, of a belief system and everything the hiking and the outdoors has filled and has been just like, because of therapy and counseling, I was able to discover the outdoors. Big shout out to my counselor. She's amazing. Um, but talk about, and you've talked a lot about the mental health benefits of being in the outdoors and hiking and your own struggles. Talk about a little bit how you feel the outdoors can really and not to say that you know if you need to see a counselor or a therapist you should absolutely mm-hmm. not say that this can take the place of it because it, it it can't i still go to counseling i still go to therapy but the, the benefits yep. of of how the outdoors can really help your mental health absolutely gosh i mean it's such a good question and it's also you know so many of the things you've asked me i mean i could expand on for days uh you know like every topic we've talked about could be an actual episode you know um but god the outdoors first of all shout out to therapy i am a full-time you know believer um yeah i i i swear by therapy i wish everybody could be in therapy i wish the system of mental health um, was uh, mental health services was not so difficult to uh, navigate and um, access. But uh, yes, therapy, yay, um, and meds. I take all kinds of meds, things like mm-hmm. that. And I really want to normalize that. I think there's still, it's funny, I, I keep, I, I'm seeing a lot of therapy commercials these days uh, and, and like for online therapy and things like yeah. that. And there's, a, I, I, there's this one in particular that keeps saying like, 
talking about mental health is becoming more normalized, blah, blah, blah. And I'm just like, really? Because I do not feel that way. Um, but I will say this about nature and the outdoors and, and joyful movement and things like that. Um, I, for me, it was the missing link for my mental health. It, yep. It's not a substitution for therapy. And in my case, it's not a substitution for meds. Mm-hmm. But it is another tool in the arsenal to help me to help me navigate a very, navigate my trauma, navigate my mental health, and also navigate a counterintuitive culture that we're Mm -hmm. living in, in the U.S. You know, um, yes, we're moving further and further away from, from the outdoors. um, But we're also, there's so much about dominant culture that really, it makes us, you know, uh, doubt ourselves and our ability to show up and, and fully inhabit our lives. You know, there's a lot of messaging that we're not doing things right in every way. We're not eating right. We don't look right. We mm-hmm. don't um, exercise right. We don't, there's just always these messages that we can never be enough. And, and, and that really is the gag because you can, fit the stereotype of of the ideal human and there's you're still going to get all of the messaging that you're not doing things right mm-hmm. so you know everyone's seeking perfection give it up it's a it's a gag so <clears throat> but when i'm on trail you know in those blissful moments where i can really connect with nature and that old knowing i described earlier you know, I feel, I feel my place in things. I feel like I am open to whatever the life force is. You know, some people call it God and some people call it the universe. And, uh, you know, it is, I feel connected to whatever made all of this magic and made me and, 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 you know, made, you know, and, and I'm a part of it. I am, I am, you know, the image of it. I am nature reflects me and I reflect nature. I belong Mm -hmm. here. And, you know, I feel like I have the room to fully inhabit my body and in a way that, you know, in dominant culture, I think, I think we get a lot of messaging uh, that we need to be smaller and yes, in a physical sense, but also with our voices, with our beliefs that we, we just take up too much space and we need to make ourselves smaller. Like, I think um, I, I, as plus size people, like, I, I mean, for myself, and I know this is true for a lot of people, like I catch myself making myself really small. Like I hold my arms tightly to myself and I, yep try not to ever be in the way. And I'm like, you know, I've, I've, I've moved past always saying, sorry, that's a a habit that I have thankfully broken, but I also witnessed it on trail people like women, especially, but also just plus size people of all genders, like saying they're sorry all the time for taking up any amount of space. And gosh, if we can't take up space outside, where can we take up space? So 
yeah, those moments when I can fully inhabit my body and, you know, not be bogged down by all of the dangerous, harmful messaging of, of everything. I, I have peace, you know, I have a peace that I can often carry with me home and um, just knowing that I can access the outdoors to, to get some of that peace that is so difficult to get in daily life uh, does, does so much for my mental health. And um, yeah, it's, it was the missing link for sure. And that is absolutely beautiful. And it's funny you say that it reminds me like, I go to the Redwood Forest, you know, an hour and a half from here. Nobody mm-hmm. says to those massive thousand year old trees that are the biggest trees in the world, oh, you're too big. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're taking up too much Ooh. space. Yeah. We celebrate the bigger things in nature and yet we're expected to shrink. And it's just like, whoa, what's going Absolutely. on here? Absolutely. You know, we accept the inherent diversity of the natural world. Um, and we, and yet it's like counterintuitive. No, it's not counterintuitive. This is a learned behavior. We do not accept it with human beings. And it's, um, you know, we see the natural diversity of, and, and like you said, celebrate uh, the biggest things. We also celebrate the smallest things because it all, matters it's all beautiful it's all a part of the order of things outside you know in in the natural world world things just make more sense you know everything has a season everything has um its magic and meaning and we can see that very easily but we have uh, just applying that to human beings we've just really been conned out of of thinking that way and um gosh i just wish that I don't want to ever force outdoor culture on everyone. It's, you know, if if you don't want to hike, if you don't want to, uh, if you don't want to camp and do things like that, I think that's really okay. But Mm -hmm. I I just hope that everyone can find their way into connecting with the outdoors and, 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 and learn how to hold that reverence, you know, and see themselves reflected in it. Like if I could, if I could like have anything, it would be that. Yeah. And it's, it's not to get, you know, kind of Ashlandy hippy dippy, but it's, it's, a, it's a spiritual experience to a certain point. It really is this Absolutely. connection with nature and not that I, I want to back up a little bit. Not that if you have a belief system, I, I talk a lot about how I used to be a very conservative evangelical pastor. Mm-hmm. If you have a belief system or religion that works for you, it's great. My, my issue is always ones that impose Mm-hmm. Or tell people they're less and because of your religion says this. Like, because you are LGBTQ, because you are of a certain gender color, you're less than. But there's so much beauty in it, a belief that it's something bigger than yourself. And as someone who's, you know, studied theologies of all around the world, it's just I think that's all it just comes down to this idea that we're connected to something bigger. And whether that's the universe, mm-hmm. God, nature, you know, mother nature, whatever it is, it's just, it's, it's beautiful, wonderful thing. And it does so much good for us. I know for my own children who, you know, we've adopted from foster care and have, they have, they have special needs. Nature is the one thing where I see them at peace. And it's just beautiful to see when they get away from it all. And it's just what you're doing, Jenny, it's just been so therapeutic and amazing for me. And I know for so many people in you know the plus size community people of color indigenous disabled hikers i've heard people in the lgbtq community who, who constantly bring your name up and like just i'm so thankful for what she's doing what unlikely hikers is doing so from 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 me thank you so 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 much jenny for how you've just been putting it out there and being vulnerable and just helping so many thank you so much for saying that i really am taking that to heart and i also 
just want to say that like, I don't do this alone. You know, like what I'm doing has, I need, I need you. I need the people who care about this stuff and talk about it. I need these communities as much as, you know, they might need me. And like, I, I am here for all of us. And I just, yeah, without everybody, like what I'm doing is nothing. So um, I, I also just want to also say that, like, I rely on the wisdoms of so many people. And um, I am, yeah, like, I am not the one person having all of these ideas. I am so blessed and privileged to know so many great outdoor leaders and, um, you know, visionaries. And uh, I, I, I'm just so grateful for this, this greater outdoor community that I knew was out there. And I'm just so excited to be a part of it. It's, it's amazing what I'm seeing happening and what, what's going on with, with the outdoor community. Yeah. If people wanted to reach out to you or follow you or Unlikely Hikers, where would they go? You can find Unlikely Hikers at Unlikely Hikers on Instagram and at Jenny Brusso on Instagram. We're also on TikTok as of very recently because nice. that's yes. what the kids do these days. <laughs> I still don't get it. I feel so old. I don't get it. <laughs> I'm barely getting it. And it has been one of the most challenging things ever. And there's weird little tips and things. If you ever want to talk about it, I'm here. Um, but yeah, and you can find uh, my website, jennybrusso.com. And there's all kinds of unlikely hiker stuff on there as well. Awesome. Jenny, thank you so much for coming on, for everything you do, for the community, for, you know, the, the people who don't have a voice and you, you give them a voice and it's just it's been it's been so epic to just watch I'm, it and be encouraged myself so thank you i'm gonna say thank you so much and i'm just gonna reframe that and say um that i'm elevating people's voices i no. i um they have it already and i'm just able to use a platform to to have them be heard in the way that they they need to be heard awesome jenny thank <laughs> you so much thank you all right take care So big thank you to Jenny for coming on the show. I know she's insane busy. Um, she has a lot going on. She took the time and we could have talked for like probably another two hours. I, I Such an amazing conversation. And she has done a lot for me and this show and just encourage, not only, not only just encouraging me and, and, and letting people know about my story, but you know, just putting my, my name out there to other brands that, Hey, there's, there's a big guy out there, you know, plus size guy who, who, you know, is, is doing a lot. And, um, it's, I'm just blown away by her kindness and her generosity to me in the hiking community. If you're not following her on Instagram or unlikely hikers on Instagram, do it now, do it now. I just, yeah. Anyways, speaking of hiking is for everybody. We have these new stickers that are out that, it's 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 kind of looks like the hiker podcast logo a little bit not really um and it has hikers some 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 male hikers some female hikers uh one hiker has you know the, the pride flag on, on, on their vests and another's you know um not not able bodied and it says hiking is for everybody and i put this out there as a design a few weeks ago got such a good response right now that sticker is available to all patreons 
at every level. So if you're a Patreon already, um, it's already in the envelope. I'm sending those out tomorrow morning. You'll be getting those stickers. Um, if you'd like to become a Patreon at any level, you will get that sticker automatically. I will make them available for order here pretty soon. Uh, I'm just getting a Shopify account, all that stuff, and I'm doing all my own shipping. So it's a little cumbersome, but I'm handling that myself. So, but I'm just letting you know, you can support the show and get it now. Like, just get it now. Um, like so many other people have, like my wonderful Patreons, whose names are Renee, Chad, Alistair, Stephanie, Mike, Danielle, Cade, Daniel, another Danielle, Ren, Jacob, Tommy and Deb have decided to support the show. And guys, that's by no means is something you have to do if you want to listen to the show. Uh, I put some some posts on there. You get some, there's a Hiker Podcast pin, like a lapel pin. There's stickers you get, exclusive stickers. Um, CS Instant Coffee, I send everybody in top level a week supply of CS Instant Coffee. It's just a way that you can help make this show more sustainable so I can spend more time not only editing, but like promoting and finding other guests and doing interviews, which because of this, I've actually been able to do now. And thanks to our sponsors, of course, CS Insta Coffee and Kanak Outdoors, who have been so amazing. And uh, guys, as we can continue on into this warm weather, we're getting into the summer. I just want to remind you all, be kind to each other. I talk a lot about leave no trace and it's so important, of course, but as you're getting on the trail, you know what? A smile and a hey, how you doing, beautiful day, goes really, really far. Um, the trails are gonna be getting busier again. And a lot of people through this pandemic have discovered the outdoors for the first time and they fell in love with it. And I've talked with owners of, 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 gear, of gear stores and, and gear shops, as well as employees at REI, and they're saying, we can't keep things on the shelves. It's just crazy busy. Because everyone discovered the outdoors during the pandemic, which is great. And that, le that, that leads us to some, you know, issues with Leave No Trace and, and helping other people understand what that means. But also, it might be a little crowded out there. So I would encourage you to just be kind to each other. You know, a kind word, a smile, how you doing, beautiful day, happy trails goes a long, long way. Because, you know, Matt, no matter who you are, hiking is for everybody. So with that, guys, thank you so much for listening to the Hiker Podcast. Uh, make sure you go to hikerpodcast.com for all the different ways to listen. Socials, you can follow me at Andy Films and Hikes on Instagram. Find out what I'm doing. All the Hiker Podcast uh, socials are on the website, hikerpodcast.com. We do have a Facebook group. Just search in groups on Facebook and uh, put in Hiker Podcast and you'll find it. And if you're on there already, start discussing things, posting things. A lot of people are really not, not wanting, like, they're, they're on there and it's like, okay, let's discuss. Go discuss. Let's, let's talk. Let's have a conversation. I love conversations. With that, guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Hiker Podcast. And may I never be found I'm still